Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And we are in full swing. I mean, it's just spring. Everywhere you look, blooming trees, blooming shrubs. This week, the lilacs woke up. Week, uh, a couple weeks before, purple leaf plums started to announce this really pretty pink flowering tree. Then it was the Bradford pears, and now it's the lilacs. And so and it'll, it'll be a progression right through spring. It'll finally end up being uh, your summer plants, crepe myrtles, rose of Sharon's, hibiscus. These are all things. So, so things wake up at different times. They don't all wake up and start blooming, leafing out at the same time. Some plants love the spring. Some plants have no interest. They love the summer. And so you'll see them kind of wake up. It's all uh, uh, nighttime temperature driven. It's, it's soil temperatures, it's, it's daylight, how long are the days. There's, there's several things that trigger a plant as to when to wake up. Grapes, really late. Normally they'd be open by uh, middle of April. Yeah, they're a little late this year, so it looks like about May 1. So don't worry. They are alive and they're going to grow for you. My buds just started to, to emerge on my grapes at home, home gardens. So it's coming. Crepe myrtle, no interest in waking up yet. There's not, a, there's not one leaf on this thing. But they're famous for that just brilliant fluorescent flowers in kind of mid to late summer through fall. That's when they have all their glory. Everything else is, the lilacs have long since bloomed months ago, and now they're just this pretty green shrub. So you, that's why you really want to put your design together well. So you've always got something in bloom, something happening, adding drama to your landscape. So I had this stunning, I mean, just stellar, beautiful white angel lilac just outside my office, my home office. And so I'm using it to screen a west wall. It gets very hot right there in that corner. And, and it, it's got an overhang up from the upstairs bedroom. The, the master bath has got this, this build out. And so where the tub is. And so I couldn't have a tree there to help shade that. I wanted something just underneath that second story master bath. And a lilac was the perfect perfect shrub for that. And it's done done beautifully. It's in full bloom right now. And so it's up about, oh, maybe seven, eight feet tall and covered in hundreds of beautiful white flowers. Now I chose white just because, I mean, I own a garden center. I get bored with plants sometimes. I've, I've grown the purple ones and the blue ones and the variegated sensations, a, a variegated pink and purple. It's really stunning but I've grown those. White, I just love that fragrance. And I wanted it to be outside my, my office window where I get to enjoy the flowers. I can open the window and enjoy the fragrance. And so I chose that specific lilac for a reason, for my circumstance. It shades that, that corner heat. It just heats up. It gets so hot. 
uh, it, it cools that through the growing season. But then the great thing about lilac is they're deciduous. Deciduous means they lose their foliage in the winter. They kind of rest. And so I get the radiant heat on that wall during the winter, but I get the shade during the summer. It's perfect. Well, I, I shot an Instagram photo of this and just, it was, it was kind of windy this week. And you, you all know that you've you're tuned into the mountains. It was windy this week. And so the, uh, where this lilac is, it just had a lot of motion. It was just beautiful. So I shot a, an Instagram a video of that lilac and just said, this is the view outside my office window. And just left it at that. Hashtag lilacs. And uh, boy, did that get the comments. My goodness, lots of folks liked that. And one theme came back. Well, I guess there were two. People started posting their own lilacs. This is on the Facebook side of things. It seems like, oh, here's mine. Oh, and here's mine. Oh, and here's mine. Beautiful photos. Thank you for sharing. They were stunning. And then also the opposite. My lilac hasn't bloomed in three years. What can I do? Ken, help me. How do I get my lilacs to bloom? And so I thought I would just spend just a moment and share my insight. Here's what I do to get those lilacs to bloom. Again, my name's Ken. We're just friends. We're talking over the back fence. And this is working in my backyard. I think it'll work in your backyard as well. Try this. This would really pertain to lilacs roses, Rosa Sharon, you know, fruit trees. If they just haven't fruited well or the fruits are smaller, these are all, anything that is fruiting or blooming, they require the same kind of, of nutrients and food. And it comes down to a food thing. So what happens is we don't have actual topsoil here. In fact, what little bit of topsoil you had, the developer took a grater and just grated it all off and shot it off to the side. You're left, literally many of you are left with dead soil. There's not one living, you won't find one worm. Nothing beneficial, no living thing in your soil. And then you go plant a lilac, which is great for a year or two because you added some compost and some organic material. You, you're trying to increase or, or build up, build back that soil. And then two, three years into this, the plant actually uses all of that food, organics, the compost, uh, the mulch that you had in that hole. And so it literally runs out of nutrients. And so in the mountains, you'll tend to uh, fertilize more often because of this fact. You just don't have any nutritional value in your soil. Secondly, uh, there's a reason why, why we don't sell any synthetic foods here at the garden center. So we don't, do, we don't sell turf builder. We don't have Scott's whatever nasty thing in a bag that burns up everything out in the yard. We, we don't do that. We use organic material, organic fertilizers, natural products, uh, because if you put chemicals, a petroleum-based fertilizer out there on your on your trees and shrubs it tends to it'll force the plant to grow but then it kills off the good stuff in your soil so you're almost taking one step forward makes the plant look good but then two steps backwards because all your worms and everything everything good in the soil is gone natural fertilizers work far better so i i put on my this is my lilac three times a year i put all purpose plant food 744 food with one we make here at the garden center we put that on because it's cottonseed meal and bird guano. So foliage, the bird guano makes all the nice and green. It's got some iron and sulfur, but the cottonseed meal lowers the pH 
and helps that plant to uptake more phosphorus, helps it to form bigger buds. But in addition to that, I, at the same time, so I'll fertilize three times a year. So Easter, 4th of July, Halloween is the most important feeding of the year for everything, especially spring bloomers. Just, just mark my word, Halloween. In addition to the all-purpose plant food, I'll go through and I'll, I'll throw a couple handfuls of superphosphate. It's 0, 0,15,0. That middle number is what forms flowers and fruits. And so I'm pretty generous with my landscape with, with superphosphate. I usually go, I'll get the biggest bag that's on the shelf, and that's usually enough to get me through the season. And I'll give a handful to my Russian sage, uh, roses, butterfly bush, lilacs, forsythia, quince, all those things that bloom. And I just load them up with phosphorus because that's what brings the color, the fragrance, and the flowers out. So if you're doing that three times a year, so Easter, 4th of July, so spring feeding, 4th of July, the months just before the monsoons, and then Halloween, plants are taking that food in to form next spring's flowers, you're going to have lilac that are, I mean, if you've got showy lilacs now, wait till you go to that, putting more phosphorus and more food. It's going to be covered. You'll, you won't be able to see the foliage. There'll be so many flowers. That's how you're going to invigorate a plant to come back into bloom. And then if that doesn't work, that plant, it, it probably deserves a chainsaw. It's time to replace it. If you're not performing, if you don't look good in my yard, you are in grave danger. Uh, of you, you better get your act together or I'm going to yank you out. There's going to be a chain and a bumper involved, a chain. Something's going to happen where you're going to be replaced with something that looks great if you don't turn it around. I'd give it a year and then see if it starts to bloom next year. It's impossible to get a, a lilac to start blooming this year. It, it's You had to fertilize six months ago for it to form this year's flowers, but you can set the stage for next year. That's how you get a lilac to come back into bloom. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters companion plants for April are Purple Twist Plums, Perfume Lilacs, Columbine, and Arizona Gallardia. Gallardia is the perfect mountain perennial with huge fiery flowers on a compact plant. She loves the heat and super drought hardy. You can count on this bloomer to show off all summer long in raised beds, containers, or in the garden. Havelina and rabbit proof. This bloomer is a must-have Arizona plant. Arizona Gallardia, found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Roses are red and yellow and pink. Getting a vacuum for Mother's Day can really stink. Give mom a gift that delights year after year. A beautiful blooming rose from Waters Garden Center. Waters is stocked with 700 specialty roses, hand-picked and expertly grown in honor of Mother's Day. The garden center's bursting with color and fragrance, including old favorites and never-seen varieties mom's gonna love. Everything is coming up roses at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the mountain gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the family garden center. Now welcome back to the mountain gardener. So it's Ken and Lisa Lane back here in the studio with your garden questions. What are your neighbors talking about? What are other gardeners seeing in their gardens? And there's some value in that. So when aphids hit 
Uh, the guards, they don't just hit your yard. They're over the entire net Quad Cities network. There's hordes flying through looking to eat roses. So to hear what your neighbors are seeing, sometimes that, that's helpful too. Mm -hmm. Or when things are in bloom. So right now, everyone's got a phone. They're going, what's this? I want one. I'm going, well, that's a red bud. Let's show you where they're at. They're over here. I'd, so. tell you, I'd much rather have a picture, somebody come in with a picture instead of it's green. And it's flowering. <laughs> okay. I had someone from Seligman. Love you folks in Seligman. Huge properties. Beautiful. They go, yeah, it's a tree that's growing up there. It's got a ball on the end. And then it like sprouts uh, twigs from there. I'm going, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. They have this new technology called a phone. <laughs> Take a picture. Bring it in a sample. Help. Helps a lot. I'll say that. You're right. So anyway. Uh, yes. Garden questions. Well, just by an aside, aphids are out. Oh, are they? We'll oh, just, we'll do a PSA announcement. <laughs> aphids are definitely showing up out there in the yeah. yard. So uh, watch your roses, um, some of those other things, those tender things that they really love to get on. Well, so this weekend, aware. it's the perfect time for aphids because it's warm and it'll be cool. It's warm and it's cool. That's when aphids, mm -hmm. that's their perfect temperature. They right. don't like summer. They don't like the heat. They love this kind of, mm -hmm. it's cold and then it's warm and it's cold. They, they thrive on that. You're right. You know what else loves that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I will tell you. Okay. So Pam says she has powdery mildew on her roses. Oh, yeah. Okay. And she wants to know, because it is showing up, powdery mildew. I've had yeah. several cases in. So she wants to know what's the best way to treat them and take care of it. Pam, great, great eye. So powdery mildew for the rest of us just so they know what to look for. It's it's on the foliage, it'll look dusty. Mm -hmm. uh, this white gray powder, it looks like powder, look like yeah. you put talcum powder over the leaves, mm -hmm. only it's not talcum powder, it's bacteria eating your the life out of your plants. And if left unchecked, it can't actually kill plants or kill sections of plants. So it's early, so she's got a good eye. She's, she's mm -hmm. That's a gardener, you can tell just yeah. by that question, she's a hardcore she gardener. She knew what to look for. So what do you do if you see powdery mildew? It's so early that I would start with triple action. Mm -hmm. It's a neem oil. It, it does aphids and it does powdery mildew, both. But if you catch it early, what it does, it coats that spore that's on top of that leaf eating that, that plant. The sugars in the plant, it coats it so it keeps it from spreading. Mm -hmm. Now birds or, or, or bugs, or they can't light on on this particular leaf and then spread to your next roses and it gets spread that way. It locks it in, doesn't let it go anywhere. I would start with triple action. If it's a lighter color, uh, kind of seems like violet colors have more, they're more prone to powdery mildew. Uh, light, light pinks, yellows can be more prone, whites prone to powdery mildew. If you've got those, we've got a product in here. It's, it's an organic. Uh, the, again, triple action is organic. And so is Revitalize. Revitalize is a new new technology of organics. But you spray the plant. The plant becomes so robust that it, it naturally fights off powdery mildew. It works on, on black spot, powdery mildew, leaf spot, shot, shot hole. Mm -hmm. All these funky ones that are hard to control, to catch it early really seems to lock it down and not let it spread throughout the gardens. Right. It's early yet to see powdery mildew. You, normally we don't see it this early. So 
I'm seeing it. Yeah. And the, and those are great products, work really yeah. well. But you can also uh, make sure you're cleaning up any leaf matter yeah, that is idea. hanging around them because that's where the spores like to hang out. Yeah. Um, and then check to make sure you've pruned correctly, that you have good air movement around yeah, them. That's good. So that that's one letting air uh, and sunlight into the middle of that that bush. Mm -hmm. It really, really gets rid of a lot of these okay. spores. It doesn't let it spread. And it water likes, in the morning. Water in the morning. Don't let don't yeah. let plants get wet. Stay mm -hmm. wet in the evening. Yeah. Don't water at night. I would say suggest that hardcore for everyone that's tuned in. Phoenix waters at night, yeah. but it's 110 degrees at midnight. <laughs> I mean, who lives that close to the sun? You've got to be kidding me. Up here in God's country, we cool down at night, even mm -hmm. in the hottest of days. And so that plant will stay moist. And so then all of a sudden these, these problems, insects, everything starts to spread and, and multiply quickly. If you water in the morning, you want to water before the heat of the day. Right. So six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, water then. So as we get hot, get warm, the plants are going, I'm okay. I hydrated. Right. Bring it on. <laughs> Good advice. All right. Our next question is from Chris in Prescott Valley. She is doing her first garden, first oh, ever garden. Chris. So she's been trying to decide what tomatoes, what yeah. plants you put in. So she wants your advice on what tomatoes you would recommend. And then also she wants to know what's the difference between an indeterminate and a determinate oh, She's been doing her homework tomato. at darn Google. So <laughs> <laughs> it can get confusing. Mm -hmm. So now your grandparents, they always grew out in the yard and they grew indeterminate tomatoes. Mm -hmm. These are tomatoes that are, have no defined growth size. They'll take over entire garden sections. They are indetermined how big they will get. So indeterminate. That's, if you think of it that way, that, that's helpful. These are most of the tomatoes that you know. Early Girl, Celebrity, Champion, Brandywine, Beefsteak. These are all indeterminate mm -hmm. types. Cherry tomatoes, they can get taller than I am. And I'm not a small guy. <laughs> they can get just, you got to stake them, cage right. them, and then still stake them more. Mm -hmm. Determinant are your smaller uh, bushes. They're the ones that grow in containers. Uh, they're more defined. Bushy. Aromas, they're bushier. Aromas, San, San, Diego, San Diego's, uh, patio tomatoes. These are all determined. They grow to a determined size and they stay cute, yet they still put on a nice size mm -hmm. tomato. And that's really the difference. Chris, my name's Ken. <laughs> this is my wife, Lisa. We're just friends. We're neighbors talking off the back fence. The biggest mistake I find new gardeners make, they go for that really big, I want the biggest tomato. I want them to be the size of my head. Mm -hmm. uh, that's hard to grow those up here without a greenhouse. Go with cherries. New gardeners should put in cherry tomatoes or yellow pears, the smaller tomatoes, because you can't, they'll have hundreds of fruits and you'll feel like you're a garden rock star. I mean, you're just, they'll, they'll take a picture of you and put you on the front of garden magazines. They'll, the birds <laughs> will actually sing sweeter to you because you'll be harvesting so many tomatoes. Start with small ones. Don't go with the big ones. And then your, your medium size. If you want a bigger tomato to put on sandwiches and stuff, go with, early girl and celebrity champion, these medium-sized fruits because they're more prone to ripen before the end of the season. You'll right. get better harvest. Trust okay. me, it'll it'll help your game as a new gardener. I agree. I agree. All right. I think we have time for one more. Uh, can't even read. I need my <laughs> reading glasses. You're, you're still 10, 15, 20 years out to cataract surgery. So, uh, <laughs> and you don't want to be on, we're, we're putting some of these on, uh, we're filming some of these. So, 
you can watch them. You don't want cheater glasses on a pretty no. gouge. So I just have to go like <laughs> So John has a seven-year-old maple tree. This year, as it's leafing out, he's noticing it's pretty much just leafing on one side of the tree, oh, okay. not the whole tree. So he wants yeah. to know what happened. Is there anything you can do at this point to encourage more leaves? So that's drought damage or could be grub or, or gopher damage. So the, the roots have been damaged on that side of the plant. That's why you're seeing this stress. And so it could be drought. The, the, the roots literally dried up. Could be gophers. They ate the roots off. Could be grubs. They eat a bug that eats the roots off. So damage is there. Can you get, can you correct it? Absolutely. It's worth a try. So I would say fertilize first and foremost, get what's alive to fill out as nicely as you can. For you, because you've had this damaged tree, you need more roots. You're going to have to regrow those roots. Mm -hmm. um, we have a product here called Humic, H-U-M-I-C, Humic. Spread that on at the same time you fertilize. That, that feeds the soil so it stimulates where the roots want to grow out uh, into the surrounding soil. You're going to have to rebuild those roots. And it might take a season. might take two seasons. You'll know by uh, the end of June how bad it truly, yeah. whether you want to take a chainsaw to it. You'll know by then because what's alive will have come out mm -hmm. or limbs will start breaking off. Right. And I want this thing to come back. The best chance is food and humic. And then take a sucrose, water, hydrate that part of the garden to get rid of that, that drought uh, scenario. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would suggest. So, okay. wow, great questions out of time. Yeah. Ken Elisa Lane, The Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Poppy, Purple Plum, and our White Night Candy Tuft. Masses of fragrant white flowers cover mounds of perennial green foliage. Extreme heat and cold tolerance, this award winner repeatedly blooms without deadheading for super easy care. Butterflies, bees, hummingbirds are going to love your backyard again. White Night Candy Tuft can only be found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Group cocktail trees turn any backyard into a veritable farmer's market. At Waters, we've grafted onto one tree different types of cherries, apples, and pears for easy backyard fruit picking. These small fruit trees grow in containers just off the patio in smaller yards. Anyone can grow a fruit cocktail tree. You'll find braided cocktail trees with multiple fruits beautifully braided into one tree. Fruit cocktail trees are ready to plant at Waters Garden Center in Prescott and watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So I had mentioned I would dedicate or talk about roses the different types of roses and, and if you're not a rosarian this could be informative if, if you know roses you're going to eh, okay that can it's just i already know this stuff get on to something more important but really there's there's several types of roses 
and, and you're going to plant them in your yard depending on what, what type you want. The most famous of all the roses, the one that sets the standards, are long stem roses. These are called hybrid teas. So you look at the tag of any rose, no matter what color, if it says hybrid tea rose, this is going to be typically a four-foot bush, about hip high or so. And then the flower, that rose, is going to extend out on a long branch, cane, and then, uh, then put on one single very large flower. Many of them have been so, so hybridized that the color is very bright, vibrant, but the fragrance can be bred out of them. So some of them have fragrance, some of them don't. This is where it pays to shop for a rose when it's in bloom. So you can put your nose in there and go, oh, I love that smell. That reminds me of grandma, or that's my house over there. It just brings back memories at fragrance. And so there, that's a long stem. Hybrid teas are long stem roses. Florabunda roses, which is probably the second most popular variety. This is uh, the same thing, typically about oh, hip high or so. There's some bigger, some smaller, but typically a traditional rose bush size. And it will put on a long stem, but instead of one flower, it will have a cluster. It's almost like a starburst coming, coming out. Florabunda has many florets coming out on one long stem. So they're very showy. They're best looked at from a distance. So they, they're just covered with, with way more flowers. So they're great landscape shrubs. So from, you know, right, not right on the patio, but, but out there in the gardens, Floribunda is a great way to go. Many of them have tremendous fragrance. So Floribunda is, is really good. So hybrid tea, one rose, Floribunda, a cluster of roses. Then you get into grandiflora. Well, let me go down the list of, of most popular. So most popular hybrid tea, then Floribunda. Then it would be probably shrub roses. So the, the third most, most bought here at, the, here at Waters Garden Center, at least, a rose would be a shrub rose. Now, shrub roses, these are landscape roses. You put them down the, the property line and you want them to be just beautiful, no care. Many of them self-prune. They put on a flower. When it's done, it drops off automatically. You never have to prune it. And then it'll set a new flower right after that. Typically, they're smaller flowers, but a lot more of them. And they look like a hedge, like a, like a shrub. You don't have this long stem and then a rose on it. It's just flowers all over all over the surface, just all over the place. Uh, typically, they don't have a fragrance and you're limited on the colors. So you have reds, pinks, yellows, uh, white, and that's it. Whereas hybrid teas, they probably have 50 different colors right now as we speak. Hybrid tea roses, probably 40 different Floribunda colors. I might have 10 colors of, of shrub roses. But the reason you plant those super easy care, long color. They're going to be in bloom from the end of April through November, guaranteed. They just go, 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 go without a lot of care. Whereas hybrid teas, you need to count back three nodes when it's done blooming, count back, prune it before it will set another flower. So it's more care, more, a little bit more difficult. We can show you how to do that. It's pretty easy, but shrub roses is the reason they're so popular. Lots of color, super easy to, to care for. The next one would be climbing roses. Climbing roses just get big. You want to go up an arbor, over a fence, over an arch, over a pergola. These are very long canes, kind of like a, 
a grape or something or berries, very long canes, very fast. Now going down a, a barbed wire fence or any kind of fence line, uh, that's a great one to go with, climbing roses. These boys get big. You're going to go 10, 12 feet tall, and they're going to be equally as large. And so, but, but there's a place for them. They're too big for most areas, but up a wall, you want to soften it down a fence line? Tremendous. I use them as a property line screen. I don't even, I don't train them. I just let them go. And I've got a Cecil Bruner climbing rose that just, it's stunning. Blooms twice a year. It's thick. You can't see between the yards. It's really good climbing roses. Let's see, there's two others. Um, Grandiflora. Grandiflora roses are I can't decide between a floribunda and a, and a hybrid tea. Remember that long stem rose or one that's long with a cluster? Well, grandifloras have both on the same bush. I can't decide. I'm going to go with a grandiflora. They typically are bigger. They're going to get about head high. You know, five, six feet tall. They're pretty substantial roses. So they're big. Give them some space, but there's a place for them. Typically has a lot of fragrance. Last one is going to be carpet roses. I don't know where they line up as far as unit, how many we sell of each, but the carpet roses, there's a the place for them. They're ground cover roses. So they you plant them, they stay below knee high. There's a quite short, but they spread out. And very easy. Not a lot of fragrance. They're typically smaller flowers, but a lot of them. So they're kind of like a shrub rose. They're just without, they self-prune themselves when they're done blooming. They just drop their flower automatically, set a new one all by themselves. Super long bloom cycle from, from end of April through November again. And so they're just easy care, low growing ground cover roses. There you go. Hybrid tea, floribunda, uh, what was it? Climb, uh, shrub roses, climbing roses, grandiflora roses, and carpet roses. And they're all in stock now. All can be planted now and enjoy flowers for the rest of the season. Be right back after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Waters with our annual native plant sale. No scraggly natives here. These are big, bold local specimens bound to inspire. From native pines to the largest selection of agave and yucca, even Waters cactus are blooming in celebration. The landscape doesn't have to be natural and boring. We specialize in native wildflowers that bloom locally for easy care color. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love local natives, they love to shop. We believe in family, church, community, and friendships here at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are lilac, poppy, purple plums, and our songbird columbine. This graceful beauty dances in the shade of the garden, holding its head high, smiling back at you. This bloomer comes back each spring with lacy green foliage, promptly followed by amazing two-tone flowers. An excellent cut flower that is both deer and rabbit resistant. So hardy, some varieties naturally call Arizona home. Songbird Columbine can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding. With a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts, sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. Okay, so we are 
back with the Ken and Lisa show, uh, just because, uh, I don't know, well, it's fun. I thought it was the Lisa and Ken show. Well, okay, I'd go with that. Oh, sure, okay. I'm, I got no ego. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. You laugh too loud. <laughs> I've been married to you for 25 years. Not yet, July 25th. Between okay. That's our silver. Pretty darn close. It is pretty darn close. We can call close. it 25. Anyway, we, we are... Uh, Given Lisa the segment, plant segment, just your mm-hmm. Lisa's favorites or Lisa's list or Lisa's <laughs> uh, garden tips. And so you went out and got some garden plants that you tend to favor mm-hmm. that would work well up here in the mountains of Arizona. Yes. What do you got for this week? Let's... Well, this week we're looking at, we kept, we thought, well, we need to put together some tables of flowers for people who have uh, critters that get into the yards. Oh, yeah. So we were looking deer, very common here, javelina, that type of thing, rabbits. Yeah. So we thought, well, let's put together a table that has flowers on it or shrubs that they will stay away from. Yeah, we should set the stage on that because I mm-hmm. love what you did out there. I mean, you, you've been busy with our daughter, Kate. So we got yes. the third generation waters out there mm-hmm. all week. Been putting your thumbprint out there. And it is it is unusual. Rabbits, deer, and javelina. You've been out there and there's such a theme that you set mm-hmm. up a whole table of perennials. I think Patty put resistive. She was afraid to put proof, proof. out there. I said, no, make a commitment. Proof. <laughs> Give me the bulletproof plants that animals just absolutely don't don't bother. And so mm-hmm. you all put together a whole section of just animal proof mm-hmm. perennials that right. you can put out there. Uh, <clears throat> even where, where they're bedding, they won't bother them. <laughs> Maybe not. Okay. Close. I kind of like the resistive. resistive. Okay. Yeah. So the plants, animals won't Tend bother. Tend to not really want to eat. Yeah. Has that mm-hmm. okay? And these are all perennials, so I kind of went through and I picked some of the favorites that I like. And the first one is the Shasta Daisy. Yeah, perfect. That's an old timer, perfect, beautiful, kind of screams spring and it summer. Does. Yeah, you know, with that that dark green foliage and the pretty white heads that come up and the now flowers. Are they showing flowers right now? They're just starting. To. Oh, nice. So mm-hmm. we're talking Shasta Daisies. Is that the that right. Daisy? Right. Mm-hmm. Knee high. Mm-hmm. dark, dark, rich green. You would swear the animals would like them. Right. But we actually make bug killers out of those. <laughs> so you can, that's actually a bug repellent bug. Uh, mm-hmm. in, bugs don't like them. Right. Animals don't like them. So it's a great one to have in the yard where mm-hmm. you've just had real issues. And perennials are those that come back every year. So they right. just keep expand. They keep growing. Getting clustering. bigger. Yeah. yeah. Great but they're advice. just great in the, in, the, in the perennial beds or even just out by themselves in the yeah. yard. Do mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. Shasta daisies. Shasta daisies. The next one I like is yarrow. Now, this yeah. is great for if you have a more natural yard sure. or a low-maintenance yard. The yarrow is great for that. And yeah. it um, comes in a couple of different colors. you got the old standby with the yellow. Yep. Uh, I think that's the moonshine. Sure. And then there's, I forgot the name of it, that kind of red terracotta color. Yeah. Don't very, ask very me. Pretty. There's so many yarrow colors, and we're trying to grow more and more of them because yeah. they're so hardy. Right. So drought hardy, mainly. Mm-hmm. There's just no mm-hmm. maintenance. They, they can go. In fact, they'll naturalize. They'll mm-hmm. actually, you put them on drip or water them by hand for a season, and all of a sudden, they'll go on their own. So mm-hmm. they need no care, and they'll kind of reseat themselves right. in the yard. Mm-hmm. So our front yard at the house is lush. It's high maintenance, high water, high fertilized, high. <laughs> it's beautiful. Everyone goes by and goes, oh, your yard is so nice. But the backyard mm-hmm. is all natural. It's all, it's that Mediterranean, mm-hmm. Southwestern, no care. I want no commitment, but it has to look 
gorgeous all the time because right. we and entertain it is pretty. a lot. Mm-hmm. But we don't hardly, it takes no care of water or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yarrow is one of our standards right. back there because it's so tough. Mm-hmm. Great full sun plant yeah. too. Take the heat and... Erosion control. Mm-hmm. I mean, just any of the, any of that kind of stuff. Birds right. like it. But butterflies will land on them, but mm-hmm. the animals don't like that fuzzy foliage. Right. So it gets stuck in their throat, and they go, oh, "Yeah, <laughs> where's the water? I, I need a Coca Cola. Where are they?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yarrow's a great one. The other one is uh, meadow sage, mm-hmm. which has that real pretty uh, kind of purple spike flower that comes up out of it. It's kind of a clump. Yeah. Um, you know, with foliage and then the purple spikes that come out of it. Very attractive. Um, very nice adding color into the yard. And the animals really just don't like it. Now, that's it, the same one we're using in the in the raised beds mm-hmm. going down the back. It's right. what? Not even knee high. It's no, just above shorter. ankle. I'd say eight, a 12 foot to 18. High. Yeah. Yeah. A foot mm-hmm. high or so. A good, another one that spreads. Mm-hmm. And uh, super long bloom cycle yes. for a yes. perennial. You know, most perennials mm-hmm. bloom for a month and they're done. Right. This one blooms and it keeps blooming and it keeps blooming. And then right. by fall, it's done blooming. So it's you just kind of one of those crazy <laughs> purple flowers right. that keeps on going. Very pretty. Mm-hmm. So the other one that has more yellow orangey flowers is the gallardia, or oh, sometimes perfect. called blanket flower is mm-hmm. another one you hear it called by. And there's a few different varieties of that from the fanfare, uh, I think Monrovia has a lemons and oranges one. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that one. It's pretty neat. I like fanfare because it's, mm, the, the, it's when beautiful. you look at the flowers, it's not petals. Mm-hmm. It looks like trumpets coming out right. from that seed head. You know, the sparrows love to eat the seeds off mm-hmm. that. Uh, but it's got, thus the name fanfare. It looks like trumpets are coming out. And so you have to take a close look at that, that mm-hmm. uh, flower because it's so spectacular. Right. But it has that classic blue foliage. Mm-hmm. Animals don't like the color blue for some reason. I don't know right. why. But they <laughs> I'm just never colorblind. That's one we put in hydro mulch, the mm-hmm. seed mix, so that uh, we can do road cuts or erosion control or, or uh, septic tank cuts, construction scars. Mm-hmm. Gallardia must go in that one because right. so hardy, reseeds, keeps everything in, in play, mm-hmm. and the birds love them, yeah. but the animals don't. Right. And it, it really is an attractive flower yeah. on it. So that's another nice one. The other one is euphorbia. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. And those are kind of cool. Um, really add different texture. They don't bloom. They do bloom. It? Just it looks nah. like the foliage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just it blooms. You can't tell it's blooming because the bloom <laughs> looks like the foliage. It's kind of a cool, funky space. You know, it moon, is. Moon it adds flower. a different texture into the yard, something a little different. Um but yeah, really great plant. And there again, it comes in like some variegated colors, yeah. some that are just green. So it's different a neat colors one to look mix at. and match up to mm-hmm. about a knee high. Mm-hmm. And euphorbias are related to poinsettias. So they have that same mm-hmm. kind of white sappy when you break right. off the sap. And I think that's why the animals don't Probably. like them. They have that nasty sap that gets on your skin and goes, I can't get this off my fur. <laughs> what the heck is going on here? So I think that's. Right why it's keeping them off mm-hmm. so euphorbias if you're not familiar with those mm-hmm. it's a perennial that's evergreen uh super drought hardy because it holds a lot of sap in the stems in the foliage mm-hmm. and yet animals don't bother them so put them in the rock rock gardens put them by the driveway up and down the length mm-hmm. of the driveway where there's a lot of animal activity uh, full sun equals nice fuller plant euphorbias sure. are just a they're a natural 
mm-hmm. for the mountains of Arizona. Now, is gopher spurge? That's a variety. Of I believe it is, and it? it's also yeah. a euphorbia. Yeah, it keeps gophers away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so repelling underground and above ground. <laughs> it just keeps on repelling. It's the super plan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I always tell folks, well, if it doesn't keep them away, you can always take the bucket and throw it at the animals. <laughs> keep them away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll move on from that one. Next one is daylilies. Another great plant that likes the full sun and just kind of keeps on blooming through the summer and tough. Um, has that real pretty green foliage on it as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Um, but just a super plant for out in the yard, low maintenance. Another good one is any of the varieties of salvia. Yeah, lots Anything. of salvias. Mm-hmm. Or sages is another, right. any of those. Anytime mm-hmm. it says salvia or sage, good plant. Right. They'll stay away from it. And a lot of, you know, most people are used to the um, autumn sage. Right. But there's a lot of new colors there in that. Are. The, the pinks, the hot lip, which is the red and white. There's some real dark purples. We've even so, got some over in cotton where they're growing mm-hmm. that are apricot colored. Yes. They're really those cool. Are so. Those are neat. So. Yeah, we've got that one, the red, I think hot lips. That's mm-hmm. the one with the red and the white flower. It looks mm-hmm. like lipsticks, like you've taken lipstick. Right and uh, dabbed each one and then gara is right next to that so yeah, out by the mailbox nice. it's staggered and it's beautiful the way they summer bloom and yeah. the animals we've got javelina and rabbit they don't bother either one of those yeah because gara is not on our list but we've never had oh, critters it's a great eat plant. it yeah. yeah just because it's not on the list doesn't mean uh it's it not better get put on the list ask us because we're always adding the right. list so good look it. at the table lisa and kate put together on uh, animal proof perennials and then we'll get you some more. We'll just keep that stocked throughout mm-hmm. the season so you got some good starting points. Right. We'll be back with more garden tips in just a moment. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Growing up in Prescott, we knew spring was here when my grandmother's lilacs bloomed. I'm Lisa Waters Lane, and my grandma would be thrilled with the new Bloomerang Pink Perfume Lilacs at Waters Garden Center. New pink blooms fill the landscape with fragrance of grandma over and over again in the garden. Mine bloomed three times last year, making spring last well into fall, all for under $25. Lilacs like grandma used to grow, and better. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe plants make you happier and that local nurseries rock. At Waters Garden Center, you can grow your own vitamins. We can show you how to grow your own vegetables and herbs for a healthier you. Waters plants are entirely organic with plant genetics never altered and non-GMO. Natural vitamins straight from the garden with naturally healthier herbs and vegetables. Healthier plants for a healthier you with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. All right, so we are back in the studio. I've got a special guest. Beautiful thing about having a studio right here at the Garden Center is when someone really smart comes in, you can interview them. 
So Chris Shipley came in. He's the owner of Savano Nursery out of Tucson, one of the premier native Southwest, Zerkscape, mix kind of person. So you guys are creating some unbelievable new natives that are coming out. Thank you, Ken. Welcome, Chris. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. So you are actually, tell us about you, your nursery, and then your growing facility. How did you get into this? And tell us some family, your true family nursery. Yeah. Uh, 25 years ago, we, uh, we drove down from Canada, Vancouver Island, Victoria, B.C. Nice. Got in our unair conditioned cars and drove down in August to the desert. And uh, not having air conditioned Ken's a problem in August in Tucson, let me tell you. And uh, we've been um, here ever since. So we love Tucson, and we started our garden center in 1999, opened it up. And we have a wonderful garden center. And uh, my two brothers and I were like, well, we can't all work in the garden center. So one of us went landscaping. Another one, we used to move trees. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, we don't like landscaping and the tree business isn't as, let's try uh, growing plants. So here we are. We got my, my dad, my two brothers, myself. Now we're all in the nursery together, but it's 100 acres. So we don't all have to stare at each other like we did on the three <laughs> acres. So my wife's left alone to run our garden center on the three acres. So she's doing great. And uh, we've been been just working hard ever since. And we started breeding plants. And we have about 20 patents now that are under our command and uh, bred plants for the Southwest to take our uh, dry, hot, cold conditions. Yeah, so how do you find or create a new plant? So brand new plant, never been seen before. Or it's in the wild and you found it. And how do you how do you find that? Then bring it, and now you've got twenty five hundred of them available for garden centers to sell to local gardeners. So there's a few ways to get new plants to market. One of the um, easiest, we'll say, and, and best ways is just to find better plants in nature. So we actually go jeeping a lot oh, and wow. hiking all over to look for better plants. And when we, you know, we in 2011, which is a fair, we had a huge cold storm. We got to um, 13 degrees in Tucson. I think you probably got below zero. Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, it killed a lot of stuff. And we went jeeping right after to look for some things to see if they'd survived. And one of them uh, was a hop seed. Um, but anyway, uh, we found a lot of stuff through that. And. Just driving home every day, you just keep your eye open looking yeah. for new stuff. My brother was looking the other couple of years ago, and he saw a globe mallow that was very different. It was much shorter, much denser, much uh, had a just a better form of a of a orange native globe mallow. And he brought he he took some cuttings. He always has a cooler in his car and some water and paper towels. <laughs> That's amazing. He opens up the cooler. Gets some cuts real quick, puts his four-way hazards on, and throw throw them in paper towel, and off he went. And then he started um, sticking them in the little propagation trays and rooting hormone, and and then you grow out a crop, and you see. And we plant it in the ground, we watch it, and then we named it Orange Crush, and here it is at your garden center. And yeah. we have a f- much better for the average homeowner for their yards. 
Desert Globe model that'll actually be much nicer. So the Orange Crush has been a great hit for us, and it will do great in Prescott. Orange Crush mallows are native. Yes. They grow up everywhere, but in the wild, they tend to flop over. They're kind of yeah. rangy looking. Your, your Orange Crush is tight, full, thick, load more flowers on it. And it stands upright even in the strongest wind. And as hardy as they come, truly a wild flower that you can have in your in your garden. A perennial that comes back every year. And and in a garden center, for a garden center to sell a plant, it needs to look good. Yeah. And glow mallows in a pot in a garden center never look yeah. good. So you wouldn't sell many. Now all of a sudden you can't keep them in stock yeah. because it actually looks good. It's it's yeah. everything you just said. It stands tall in the pot, even though it's dwarf. It stands tall, more flowers, and people want it. And if you can get people to want native plants, I think you've won the battle of getting native plants into our yard for our pollinators yeah. and our environment. It's just better. Have you noticed, do butterflies, hummingbirds like that one? or bees, butterflies. Do they? It's a pollinator. Yes, it's a Good. pollinator. Yeah. You bet. So tell us about some of your tree. The trees are fascinating. You're creating yeah. new trees. You've got uh, desert willows, oaks. How do you come up with those Sure, uh, tr trees? Well, one great story is our live oak that we developed called the Joan Lionetti. And my brother was uh, traveling through Texas, and he brought some seeds back. Um, and he sowed up, say, 3,000 seeds. One of the seeds, this was 19 years ago. Wow. One of the seeds came up different. And it had a much different shape, a very rounded shape. You could have the oak go small leaves, big leaves, weeping habit, sideways habit, anything but straight habit. It's just so different when you look down your row of plants. But this one grows like a lollipop, kind of. It's much more rounded. It has a bigger leaf, a lusher-looking leaf. And it's just a much more responsible shape to plant in our smaller yards. The branches don't get over four or five inches in diameter. There's a lot of branches, but they're easily pruned if they're going in an offending direction. And we didn't know how to clone it. It took us yeah. 10 years to figure out how to wow. clone it. We killed a quarter million cuttings. Oh my gosh. It, and I was like shaking my head going, what are uh, you doing? But he finally cracked the code and we get 90% success. And now we can give the Joan Lionetti to Prescott, to Texas, to Arizona, California. We ship them all over. And it's just a much more responsible tree to plant for streets, municipalities, and your average homeowner. So it looks it looks like a scrub oak or an emery oak. It looks like yes. a, a shapely emery oak or native oaks up here in the mountains, um, but without any maintenance. Right. Uh, just, no you, pruning. It just self, it's just pretty by itself, but it's so robust, it's so native that it just adapts. I'd say you could water that a couple of years and then just probably let it root out and then just let it go by itself because oaks adapt so well It's an here. arid selection yeah. of live oak. It was found um, in the arid parts of Texas. Yeah. And uh, it's it's been a huge breakthrough. We have one of the only cloned oaks on the market. I've never heard of such a thing. It's amazing. Yeah. So tell us about the companion to that, the desert willow, because you are famous throughout the country for your desert willows that you introduce, one of our local natives. We've introduced three so far, and the two we're really going with are the Sweet Bubba and the Bubba Jones. 
And um, these... Is Bubba, is that like a Canadian term? Or what did, where did you come up with that? <laughs> well, uh, the parent tree that we crossed with Bubba. Oh, So Bubba okay. Desert yep, Willow yep, I know. from Texas okay. has the big green leaf. That's been yeah. the missing link to make Desert Willows popular because they always had a... A very spindly, narrow, yeah. spindly leaf yeah. with lots of seeds, and it's been kind of ugly. And we cracked the code on beauty on this one. We 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 kept the big green leaf. We put a huge, beautiful burgundy, deep burgundy flower on it, and then we got it a very nice, shapely shape. It's very symmetrical, and it's has zero to no seeds. Yeah, it's, nice. So we've got the trifecta: no seeds, a nice shape, and a beautiful flower. That will bring hummingbirds to your yard all summer Easily, long. Easily, yeah. And folks, when you're driving down, let's say, Dewey, Spring Valley, that area, up, up over Jerome, down towards Kirkland, Skull Valley, those trees growing on the side of the road, those are desert willows, a native flowering tree. They tend to be trashy. They tend to put a lot of beans on. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they aren't that shapely. They're kind of wild-looking. Uh, Savanos, Chris at Savanos, his team, his brothers, have put together a unbelievable selection yep. that are beautiful, easy to maintain, and they're just pretty. So, Chris, we are out of time. Wow, thanks for taking just a moment. Thank you. And sharing that with us. This is fascinating. So Chris Shipley with Savano's Nursery out of Tucson here interviewed on The Mountain Gardener. Be right back after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Poppy, Columbine, and our Purple Twist Plum. This Arizona plum is the ideal purple tree between evergreens. Blooms in a profusion of pink flowers that precede the deep purple foliage. Large enough to use as a front yard tree and behaved enough to use as a street tree. Plant pears flanking gateways, driveways, or an orchard-like rose to screen neighbors. Purple Twist Plum can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So I have a a lot of friends, probably most of my friends, a lot of business friends, actually true friends. We vacation together, our own garden centers around the country. We just like comparing notes. It helps us. I just took had a buddy fly in from Minnesota last week, and I said, hey, while you're here, I'm taking you out in the back country and showing you the magic of, of northern Arizona. Never been here before. So we go out of our way, and we just like, we enjoy each other. We go out of our way to see each other, and then we share common interest garden center it's like a big old sorority or, or fraternity in college only we own garden centers now it's super fun it's one thing i love about owning a small business is you can't do this on your own it's too complicated you, when you get an hr issue you, you call friends and go hey what are you guys doing with this or i can send an email out and go how are you marketing 
what's what's a new Facebook algorithm? How did they what did they just do to us? And we can all help each other. And so that's part of this this sharing thing. And so it's part of the joy. So being really small, just proprietor, that's just that's basically I want bigger. I like teams and 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 having I mean, our, our Waters employees, they're family, truly. We, feel, we think of them as family. We help each other, support each other. And so that's part of, that's one thing that I love about coming to work every day. Yes, I love plants. I'm passionate about it. You can sense that, I hope, over the airwaves. But really, I'm just as passionate about the accounting, the back office bookkeeping and, and the marketing and how to do radio or TV or, or, or paper, newspapers. Oh, by the way, take a look, Brie. So Prescott Woman Magazine, uh, the the publisher is a friend. Uh, we, we were in her very first magazine oh, 10, 15 years ago. She did us a huge favor, and she put the family on the very front cover of, of Prescott Woman Magazine. That's my wife, myself, my twin, identical twin girls were all there. And if you open it up, the entire crew, the actual, not just family, the crew is, is featured. You want to know all about Waters Garden Center. We're on the front cover of Prescott Woman Magazine, their April, May issue, or is it May, June, whatever the latest issue is. So thank you, Bree, for, for doing that for us. Huge thank you. And I'm stunned at how many people have seen that. It's kind of scary, actually, how many, how small our town is and how many people go oh i think i know him what oh there we go look there so if they see us at the garden center and it's out of context or you see him at church or at the grocery store you go oh, oh i think i know you where, where are you at we're still a small local yokel easygoing northern arizona all the small towns up here are sort of that way and so when you head to your local garden center Wherever you're, you, Christopher's up at in Pine Top Lakeside, or, or wherever you're at, Glenn at uh, at Plant Fair, good friend, uh, in Payson, they go out of their way to help you, to make sure you plant it right, and you you plant it at the right time. So we just started to gear up with the summer flowers, summer vegetables. So they're going in this week. This is the time for them. And so we time those crops to come in at the right time. Whereas some of your box stores, I'm almost embarrassed. They bring them in in February. I'm going, there's not one of those tomatoes are going to be alive. By they're going to make it to Mother's Day. Why are you selling those? I mean, I just, I just scratch my head. They shouldn't be sold up here. Or they don't take our sun or they don't take our water. They just, they just bleed out. And they die out in the center and they turn yellow. And they just, they aren't right for up here. Your local garden centers are trying to help you be better. And that's the thing of small. And so, so many folks coming in from other areas, they, all they know are the box stores, the big names you know. Well, it's probably with gardening, it's quite valuable to get to know your locals because they know the local gardens and what's really going to thrive in your backyard. And so just a plug to, to shop small, support those people are, are they're funny. They meet me, my wife, and my two kids. I had a customer come in. They go, I was talking to Megan, and I thought it was Mackenzie, and I thought I was doing a double take, and she just totally dumbfounded that both daughters, my wife and I, are all here at the garden center. That's small business. That's what it means to be neighborly and just making sure that you're successful. Anyway, that's it for this show. We love talking to fans throughout the week. Come say hi. 
If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more, or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.